Hello and welcome to Everyday Eternal number 112, your favorite, most deceptively named bi-weekly legacy podcast. Today's show is brought to you by our brand new Patreon supporter, Joel Grenehead. I actually tried to look up how to pronounce that. <laughs> I hope I didn't butcher it too much. If you want to support the running of the show directly, you can do so on patreon.com slash everydayeternal. Callum, it's been a while now, actually like two or three weeks. How have you been doing, man? What's going on on, on that crazy island you call your home? Just going to start with the beer. Sounds good. Um, yeah, it has felt like a bit longer than usual, hasn't it? What's been going on? Good question. <laughs> Not too much, actually. I've been really taking it kind of easy. I've been trying to, uh, like, before COVID, I used to kind of promise to do everything and say yes to everything and all the time, and it would get exhausting doing so, so much stuff, like after work and stuff. And I've been actively trying to just you know, take a step back, chill out a bit more, and like, I haven't been playing many games online as well the last few weeks and stuff and just kind of you know just chilling out being chill isn't that exciting um so i don't i don't have a huge amount to add here i've i've um still been playing a couple of leagues online playing a bit of cube um playing warhammer as i've been getting into recently as well and stuff like that but nothing nothing serious i think um part of the excitement to play online with like tournaments becoming le- worth less and less is kind of getting to me gnawing away a little bit so my enthusiasm has kind of dropped off from playing the bigger events but um still playing like uh legacy and paper which is just an absolute blast so we have our next monthly coming up this weekend which i'm just like everyone i'm just getting more excited for i think so yeah i think paper play is just exactly where I, all my enthusiasm is directed to at the moment Oh yeah, that that sounds very familiar to me. Like mm-hmm. I also, I gotta say, I've played n- not nearly as many leagues, um, let alone challenges, than I used to over the last couple of weeks. And like just being able to play in paper again is is, is a big part of that. Even though I, I guess I only really played in a couple of tournaments and then once or twice at our Tuesday night meetings. Uh, because even though I I have the entire month off, dude, I still yeah. Can't believe oh it. yes, yeah. We'll ask you that in a second. <laughs> what are you doing? But um. I think part of part of my not playing much online is I, I think I have signed up for two challenges and gone like O2 drop both times. So oh, dude, what, what did you play? I think I played painter both times. Um like one time I think I was just playing badly and I was kind of I just signed up to get the the Sunday challenge to fire or something. And the last time I just, you know, I lost a close one to Blue Red Delva and then got like turn two by depths a couple of times and them's the breaks in it. It just happens sometimes. Like I looked back on one or two of the games and I, I definitely like sequence things wrong so you've got to be in the right from from uh, frame 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 of mind to to win in legacy still but um you you've got a month off so you've had a f- your week into it you're what are you doing yeah i i've basically had the first 10 day, days off uh, thus far and i think i, I just told you earlier uh, today was the first day i think I, I didn't go and play with my two nieces because that's what I've been doing pretty much almost every single day ever since I, I have my days off. And yeah, I guess it also helps out my, my mother quite a bit because she usually takes care of them mm-hmm. uh, while my sister's at work. And yeah, especially last week, I would basically come over every single day and I would take them to a playground and everything. Had a really great time. That's great. <laughs> it's just like so Are they cute. the ones that you're like skateboarding with? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, actually, we got to try that next time again. Mm-hmm. And it's so cute, you know, that they are four and two. And whenever <laughs> you introduce them to something, they're like, oh, no, no, I already know how to do that. Like, okay, you know how to <laughs> oh, skateboard, they're, they're, really? They're those kind of kids that know everything already. Julian's <laughs> yeah. like, okay, so this is a Korean Ranger. They're like, oh, yes, I've got loads of them already. It's okay. It's like, yeah, yeah, sure, 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 Korean Ranger. Like, everybody got the Julian, please. Are you still playing four? Most people play three oh now. What's God. going on, man? You're not up to date, man. You're losing it. You're losing it. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> no, it's so cute because um, like the the uh, um, well, I was gonna call her the elder one, the older one. <laughs> she she speaks English actually. She she picked up like a lot of English from from her well. best friend, and she she like her pronunciation is like spot on. Like I almost I might have talked about this before because it really blows me away. But like she, she, the way she pronounces the colors and stuff, like dude, you're like a native speaker. You're not, you're not German at all. And and she's like, oh no, that's just like what my friend says. I'm like, okay, can, can she teach me? <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. I guess they pick up pick it up a lot from uh, just kind of TV or radio, just like randomly listening to stuff and things. Yeah, I guess. And like, if if, if nobody ever like mispronounces stuff, and, and like the English version is the only thing you've ever heard. I mean, you're probably naturally just gonna pronounce it right. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it still blows me away. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. Do you have any other plans for the rest of your month? Or three weeks um yeah I, i've been talking a lot about um that i want to finish the everyday eternal website i i made huge progress last week that's basically the second biggest thing i did last week and mm-hmm. hopefully hopefully very soon very nice. soon that's like uh, you know, we, we talked about this in previous episodes right there's always this one extra thing you want to add but i think there's one big extra thing i want to add and i'm just going to cut it off because otherwise i'm never going to finish and then maybe we, we'll add other stuff over time but it, it's coming it's coming i'm excited to see it Awesome. Also, by the way, shoutouts to to Kentrip Cartel, the podcast. The divers are guest on yesterday. I think they are releasing on Thursday this week. So definitely check them out. We had a two-hour talk about real estate prices and NASCAR indie racing in Indiana. So <laughs> I think we also talked a little bit about legacy. So definitely check that out. And of that, there was a lot of legacy being played this and last week, actually. There's lots of results coming in. And why don't we just like jump in and take a look at the results of a couple of those? So the first one is going to be the Swedish Legacy Nationals, then the Legacy Challenge. We're also going to talk a little bit about uh, the special Raga Band tournament that Anorak hosted. And then we're going to look forward to Eternal Weekend. And well, I, I don't know if you've seen some recommendations, but I got some. So maybe we're going to gonna look into that later on sounds good definitely awesome so the first one swedish legacy nationals 106 players played somewhere in the south of sweden <laughs> and we're gonna link the deck lists in the show notes and holy shit this website really takes you back have you opened it now this looks hilarious like I, i'm loving it like i'm really oh, loving the vibe. this is like uh yeah it's very very old magic feeling like uh there's a french one that looks very similar as well this this exports the deck lists to magic workstation do people still use magic workstation <laughs> and apprentice as well yeah uh, it, but when i stopped playing magic workstation apprentice was the new thing and i think people now uh, they have even more modern technology uh, it even gives you the the price in that little like gold like the magic card market kind of money thing this is cool <laughs> i like it I, I like this more than like the deck list that goldfish spits out where it's got like it's got playsets of everything, but then like randomly one card from a playset is in front of another playset. That's that literally the worst. Dude, I think that <laughs> in some European countries actually outlaw that. I'm pretty sure Belgium Good. like passed a law that says you can't do that anymore. Good. Yeah. So yeah, all hail the workstation exporting websites. Awesome. So looking at the results, unfortunately, we only have the nicknames of the players. So I guess that doesn't really um, <laughs> help us out too much. We, we have Fluffy in first place playing a very traditional build of elves, I want to say uh is there anything that jumps out to you i think elves especially the more traditional builds they, they really build themselves these days you you can somewhat vary the numbers um but not too much sometimes you yeah. play um arcade of Vela's reach sometimes you don't like i i like both options depending on what you want to beat mm-hmm. yeah nothing stands out grist is pretty much a staple in all the versions i think and yeah this looks like pretty solid great elves to me 
Yeah, something I noticed, it's uh, 13 additional mana sources. And that's something... Uh, actually, there's, there's two reasons I want to talk about that. Like, the first reason was, but whenever I, like, started playing Once Upon a Time in, in Fs, like, I've played it, sometimes I've played it, sometimes I didn't. Recently, I felt like, well, maybe I want to play it more again. It, it gives you the idea that you probably can cut an initial mana source. And this person is actually running 13 initial mana sources, um, whereas previously 14 was the norm. And somebody on Twitter, I actually should have prepared this, but I just thought about it, Metalfish, but the uh, I is, an, is a one. Dude, why, why do people do this to their nicknames? They're so hard to, <laughs> to ever uh, reference. They actually run the numbers in a pretty big, pretty big um, Excel file. And they basically came up with the idea that it's not only 2 dense intuition, it's actually backed up by numbers. It's mm-hmm. literally backed up by numbers that you can run 13 initial mana sources and three once upon a times. And your keep percentage or, or let's say your money can percentage goes down significantly. And like by significantly, I don't mean like, oh, crazy, like 10 or 20%, but in a, like statistically significant right so it goes down in the sense that you really can tell the difference after a while and you don't have to play like 200 or 300 games gotcha how many do you play if i play them i usually play three like two or three three mana sources that's that's very ambitious <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah once upon a time status but yeah three mm-hmm. mana sources i i guess you could make that work if you, if you get, you get lucky. <laughs> well if you just have a basic forest to start every game with and then like a fetch for the dryad arbor and then a cradle every time i'm sure that works and then you lose really hard to the stone rain deck or something <laughs> this stone rain you then stifle you uh, yeah i guess <laughs> yeah, yeah so second place we have t- well it's called team war show and tell but to me it really looks like blue green show and tell and yeah i guess you got through the breach and least the ants and kozilek's return the side part but two abundant harvest is very interesting um I guess I, I kind of like the idea of it. It's it's the the sorcery from Modern Horizons where you can choose a land or non land, and then you reveal cards from the top until you get what you wanted. Because I mean, this deck is playing a very fair plan as well as far as like blue green omni goes. It's got two euros, four ice fangs in the main deck. That's more than you kind of commonly see. And this deck either like struggles with it floods out or it um, doesn't have like enough action pieces. So I kind of like the idea of two abundant harvests. It could be a little bit clunky. Um, Personally, I always favor just playing like some petals and city of traitors in these decks. But yeah, if you're going fair and hard, it's another card that you know goes in the graveyard for Uro, helps you find things and stuff. Yeah, the, the the one reason I don't like it this much in that kind of deck is because there's such a huge delta, such a huge difference in your non-land cards. Like you mm-hmm. could hit anything that's like business, something like you know, even, even just like additional cantrips or your show and tells that you're looking for. But you could also hit Emrakula Grizzlebrand. <laughs> it's true, yeah, yeah. And it's such a big difference, right? Like it literally, it, it could be a blank. Whereas on the other hand, if you're looking for Emrakula and Grizzlebrand, you'd much rather have additional preordains as opposed to like abundant harvests. Because if you say non-land, that's really not going to get you that far into the deck. To like, it's yeah. It's also like a complete split of plans. I think having Ice Fangs and Uro is fine in the deck and makes some sense. But yeah, like if you if you have a hand of the show and tell and the omniscience and then you're like, all right, I'm going to show and tell omniscience and then cast the button harvest off it. And then you hit like, oh, I don't know. I guess you have a few, like... But the thing is, hits, but... once you're at that stage, I think Abundant Harvest is That's actually... That's good, okay. Okay, yeah. Yeah, what, what I meant to say was, like, if you have the show and tell, you know, looking for the omniscience or a cre- big creature or whatever, or vice versa, and then you cast it and then you find more of the wrong half or something. Yeah, I guess yeah. If, it, if it allowed you to, like, specify creature, well, mm-hmm. okay, I guess that would be too good, like, creature, 
non-creature non-land or non-land like that yeah might as well just print demonic tutor at some point i guess yeah <laughs> what do you think of the uh so just because four veil of summers and two carpet of flowers and playing show and tell omniscience deck wasn't enough there's two shifting ceratops in the sideboard as well it's just absolutely fuck you blue you're just going full like all in <laughs> on like blue green midrange right at yeah. that point i wouldn't be surprised if they even had like more Uros. it's just like after sideboarding yeah. take out the combo just be blue green midrange Ceratops is pretty good against um, like Blue Red Delver. Doesn't get bolted. Um, can block Merc Tide, and if they play Delvers anymore, probably not. Um, it'll very often just like I bet they'll like bolt it and then gut shot it or something, and you're like, okay, fine. I guess they, they also can't, they can't prismatic ending it, right? <laughs> uh, They're not going to get to four. If they get a treasure, they could. Okay, yeah. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> Damn you, Ragavan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that little monkey. But yeah, otherwise, um, two preordain is like I guess they've they've gone for the abundant harvest over two preordains. Now that I see it next to that, I'm less of a fan. I think this deck could play like eight preordains if it could after the eight ponders and eight brainstorms. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely agree. Mm-hmm. That play is super interesting. Um, well, I called it back mid range. I guess you could also like call it back control. Um, it's well, I think mid range ha- is fair. Yeah, mid range is fair, right? It, it, it's basically like. The way you would imagine it, except for it also plays uh, three Witherbloom commands. Um, mm-hmm. It plays like a one-off Dressdown. Planeswalkers, it has two Chase, one Narset, and for creatures, yeah, three Uro, three Barefoot Strix, one Snapcaster, two Endurance, one Sudden Edict. Dude, this, this is like the... <laughs> this is... I mean, I have the perfect name. It's just Bug Trade Binder, which is a, a very well-known archetype. It's just... You put you put like a bunch of uh, bug lands together, and then you just put in loads of mid-range cards. I think actually that's how Channel Fireball once built. I like that top eight of GP. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Legacy GP. It, <laughs> it's it's a pretty like if someone said to me bug trade binder, I'd be like, okay, I I could list off most of the cards in this deck as like something they could probably play. You know, maybe this is actually how the deck came together. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like yeah, you're gonna play three wasteland. <laughs> you get this and that. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Um, fourth place. The deck usually is referred to as, I think, like 8-cast, and I have mm-hmm. no idea why it's called 8-cast, and you're got, the master of everything. It's got with eight, eight uh, thought casts, because uh, it has four thought casts and then four oh. thought monitor. Oh, okay, okay, that yeah. makes a lot of sense. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. it's not 8 thoughts, it's 8-cast, because yeah. that makes so yeah. much more, yeah, yeah, okay. It, it's 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 a cooler name, like, I'm not massively into the name, but it's much cooler than, like, Blue Artifacts or something. I don't know. we got to think of a... Um, it's called a breakfast themed name for it. Yeah, but usually they, they use like American breakfast names, right? Like I didn't understand that like all of these like golden grams and like all of that stuff. I didn't even understand those were breakfast series. I just like thought, whatever, golden grams, that sounds like a music award or something. Yay, and the winner of the golden grams this year. <laughs> like, I've just I've know. just I've just Google searched Metal American cereal and uh, nothing jumps out, but there's Funfetti, there's Dunkaroos and Canuck Crunch. Dunkaroos, it doesn't really suit this deck. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, so, send us your suggestions. What, what's the best American cereal brand that hasn't been used yet for a deck name? For Artifacts Blue. This is cool. Like, obviously, I think I've already gushed about how much I love Artifact decks enough on this podcast that I bored everyone with it. But um, this one is slightly different. It has a little bit of red splash. So it has two gear up at Aether Grid in the sideboard. Yeah, and then it's, it's splashing red off for Silver Bluff Bridge, which is the ETB tapped artifact lands, but they're indestructible. I was actually really impressed with the 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 ones that I played in the Blue White Bombman deck. It's just it feels really good playing them turn one against Wasteland decks, or even just in the blind. 
Um, you do suffer, obviously, from an ETB tap land coming in. Like, this is legacy after all. And I think ha- like coming to play tapped has a huge, huge, huge cost in this format. And it's going to be really good. But just being an artifact that you can rely on staying in play is actually a pretty big game when you're playing stuff like thought casts and thought monitors. So I, I would, I would um, not kind of. They look pretty bad, but they're actually better. They play better than they look, so that's quite nice. And it's just like a nice way. So actually, whenever we talked about the blue or red Ragavan decks and how mana sequencing is very hard with Saga and stuff, the, you get the same thing in all Saga decks. You're like, do I play the Saga to maximize? Um, playing, making the constructs a turn earlier and getting the tutor a turn earlier, but then you're like weighing that up against like if my other get land gets wastelanded, you know, it's pretty bad. But with this one, you feel pretty good playing at turn one, and then because this deck has like Lotus Petals and Mox Opals, you feel pretty good playing a turn two Saga if you have some fast mana or like turn three, you feel a bit safer as well. Um, so I'm a fan of them, and so if you're if you're like you know impressed with those kind of cards, then you can have this splash, which is kind of fairly free off the Mox Opals and Petals as well and stuff. Other different thing that I usually see, like they all moved away from Chalice of the Voids. And then I think I saw Bob Huang just be like, Chalice of the Void is still like, you know, it can just steal wins. And it's really good. So he played two or three in some list for a bit. And then this one has gone up to four again, which I do like. You sometimes have these like really awkward moments where you draw some of your tutor targets for Saga with the Chalice in play, but it's fine. You, yeah, I, yeah, I can see. I can definitely see. It. Like, I played the version without Chalice and mm. I tried it quite a bit. But the thing is, now I'm looking at the list and I'm seeing the four Chalice, and I literally can't tell you what they cut for it, which is usually a good sign, <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's not like something that jumps out at me. It's like, oh, we're really missing this interaction or this card. I can't tell you either. I'm looking at it. Maybe just some like random stuff. I mean, this deck didn't play Urza's from the beginning either, did they? Oh, um, this one does, right? No. There's no oh, 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 you oh you mean like the big Ursa, the four mana Ursa? Yeah, yeah, not not Saga, sorry. Yeah, but the previous yeah. version by the guy who I think the Japanese player who won, um, was it a challenge with it? Mm-hmm. Uh, he also didn't play like the big Ursa, like Mister Ursa. Yeah. Uh, but also no chalices, and said there's just like no room for the chalices. But right now, I well, if I could fire up Magic Online, um, I could check, but apparently it's like still in downtime or something. No, m- most don't play Ursa. I'm just like kind of working out what could have been cut from other lists, but yeah, I'm not sure either. So I'm sure it's fine. So what are we doing with the other grid? It must be against like um, the 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 oof collector oof and uh, kind of maybe Ooh. null rod things as well. But like one damage is is pretty effective these days. Um, just sniping down ragavans and even for three dragon rage challenges challenges like Psy makes an ungodly amount of. Uh, Oh, now I've worked out what they cut. They cut the um, two Echo of Eons and two LEDs, which is great. Those, oh, those, yeah, that's the entire thing. <laughs> those, those cards were really bad in the deck. Like they're, they're good against unfair decks because it gives you just more more broken draws and ways to refill after forcing stuff. But uh, yeah, they just the LED doesn't have enough other things to do in the deck, so you you just kind of like sack it to a sigh or whatever. And then the the Echo of Eons are like kind of only really good with the LEDs. They were just very awkward, so. I like seeing them cut. Actually, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I remember I started out LED a lot, and I usually like the the interaction a lot more in decks that's like are a little bit higher on the mana curve. So you can sometimes even you know cast your your Echo of Eons. And this deck it's still possible, but maybe maybe it's a little bit harder. Like when I played this deck, um, I remember it being like really low to the ground. Like usually you only spend like one or two mana every turn. Exactly. I, I played this at my LGS a week and a half ago, and I had the two LED, two Echo, and I sided them out each game, and they felt really bad. It's just like, I actually had a couple of hull breaches in there to kind of make them a bit better, and I got to do the thing once, but it was still like, I didn't need to. I had two forces in hand and a Emery going and stuff. <laughs> it was it was okay. 
But yeah, cool to see this deck continuing to do well. So in uh, while well, first to eighth place, I guess uh, we have. I, I initially wanted to call it like blue red Delva, but these days we're not even playing the two of Delva. Delva has been entirely cut from the deck, and now we're playing two true name Nemesis. And also interesting, assisted deck now they only play two unholy heat. Like I've seen deck lists that even go up to the full four unholy heat. I think we're gonna see that in, in the challenge deck list. So what what are we doing here with the true Nemesis? Is that just like a hatch for the mirror where Delva is traditionally not that great? Yeah, like maybe it helps a bit against DNT as well. Uh, which oh, that's this... a big, oh, that's a really big. Oh, dude, you're, I'm sorry, but you have you in the cast. I would be like, oh yeah, is it really good in the mirror where it can't block Murktide region? No, oh, yeah, it must be. I, it's no, it's not great in the mirror because yeah, Murktide and Dragon's Rage challenges fly over it. Um, it, I think it helps there. I'm not massively into it personally, but if they the the player made top eight in a hundred person event, they must have a plan for it and. Um, it obviously paid off as well, so I think that helps. It's just it is also still a card that kind of randomly wins against random bullshit. Uh, you you just sometimes true name them and they can't deal with it. And like against control, it got a lot worse because of Uro. But I guess you just just like flying over <laughs> Uro anyway is your plan. So yeah, um, these these decks are like they're becoming like there's slight differences here and there, but they all have the same kind of theme. You've got Ragavans and your Dragon Rage Channelers and your four Murktides and stuff, and then you have the Cantrips and the Bolts and two Unholy Heats, as you said. They're all beginning to look pretty similar to me, honestly, with a couple of different cards here and there. <laughs> actually, yeah, I... actually, four Pyroclasm in the sideboard is something. What? Okay, maybe I have no idea. This looks really like I want to beat Death in Texas. Oh, and I mean, yeah. it makes sense, right? So, the tournament actually. was played in the south of, of Sweden, and everybody knows that that's pretty close to Denmark, and everybody in Denmark's loved Death in Texas. Denmark loves Death in Texas, so... True. And they could have known <laughs> Fluffy was coming with his, with his elves as well. Oh, no, dude. Oh, my God. If I'm playing against this deck with elves, and afterwards they show me, hey, I had four paraclasms, like, I'm like oh, holy <laughs> shit, dude. I think I think you're right, though. Like, the two true names and the four paraclasms, and then there's, like, a static caster, a braid, two meltdowns, a gut shot. There's a lot of cards that are good against DNT. I think, I think you can dedicate all those number of cards and yeah, make DNT a, a decent matchup or at least even. Yeah, you can even bring in Karakas to bounce Thalia. What? <laughs> yeah, actually, whenever I've I've had like random lands on my sideboard with anything, I always bring them against DNT because it just helps cast spells. So yeah, it definitely makes sense. Um, looking at the well, another five to eight place deck list. This is well, it's oh, ten friends. Yes, but it's, baby. It's it's like the main deck like is straight up Tim Fins, right? It's just old school Tim Fins. It has it even has one cabal therapy as like a a salute to a dying card. It's like we recognize how awesome you are. Yeah, this is like two Grizzle Brown, one Children of Callers, one Emrakul, the classic package. Then you've got your cantrips, a couple of thought seizers, brainstorm, dot ritual, and tomb. Oh, it's got force of wills, um, and three days. That's not super normal. Yeah, and you know why? No. Have you looked at the side part? Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. So I was going to get to that in a second. It's still like 4, 8, 12, 16, 19 blue cards, I guess. The thing that, like, Force of Will and Combo decks is Doomsday makes it work, makes it work. But, um, because it's just like a kind of a one card combo. So it's okay. But Combo decks very often need a combination of cards. That's their name. And so pitching a cantrip is always so bad. So here you're just like only wanting to pitch Force of Will or Days or Limdunsville, actually. Weirdly, I guess it works. Whenever I tried forces in in uh, tin fins, it never really worked. I even like added Jace Friends Prodigy to turn up the blue cre- blue count with good cards. But yeah, I mean they've made it work. It's cool. Otherwise, I'm just psyched to see tin fins. I absolutely adore this deck. 
And then do you want to tell the uh, the sideboard plan? Yeah, dude, I, I was like really stupid. I kept looking at the deck list and I was like, why is Sarah one of Kevin of Souls in the sideboard? So I kept looking at the main deck again. I'm like, do you, <laughs> do you like hard cast Crystal Brand sometimes? Or like, is it for children? That doesn't make yeah, sense. Yeah. I literally have no idea. And then like after a minute or two, I look back at the sideboard and I'm like, oh, and there's for Doomsday. Okay, mm. that's Oracle. Yeah, all of a sudden it makes a lot more sense. Yeah. Yeah, I love this Duke. Um, there was like the... Uh, there's been some other lists like uh, Doom Doom Fins or whatever they called it. I mean, I'm making Doom that up. Fins. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, like uh, Doom Day, whatever. Doom Fins. Oh, that's way cool. I need to get one of those. Just so... But even if people know about this Duke and they see it coming, it's still very hard to sideboard for because if you get it wrong, you just have all the wrong cards. Like, you know, Surgical can do a little bit against Doomsday. It's not too bad, but generally it's pretty bad. And a lot of the cards that are good against Doomsday just are not good against Tin Fins. Um, you'll have your like middle of the road stuff like Aether Swan Canonists and things that are okay against it's very good against the game one plan, but you know, Doomsday can definitely beat it and stuff. It's it's actually pretty easy. So yeah, big fan of the sideboard juke. It it just it just works. It's Doomsday is such a good package that you can fit it in there and it is just like really good against a lot of decks, especially control. I wonder if we're ever gonna see like a blue black control deck that's gonna side like I mean Doomsday already is I don't want to call it a blue-black control deck, right? Because it doesn't, like, play creature removal or anything like that. But, like you mentioned, it, it, it's such an easy thing to change into, and it requires such a minimum number of cards. <sighs> I, 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 I guess it always comes down to, if you're playing, like, a regular deck and you need sideboard into Doomsday, that's, you're not gaining that much. Whereas if you're playing, like, a combo deck that makes your opponent sideboard in a very specific way, and then you completely circumvent that way they sideboard it, yeah, that's... That's going to make it really awkward for them in the, in the second game where you're going to be quite advantaged. And then the third game is a guessing game for them. Mm -hmm. I have had a blue-black standstill deck years ago with like the Tin Fins package in the sideboard. That was... <laughs> it's the same idea, but just worse, I guess. But <laughs> you just need like one Grizzle Brown, one Emrakul, and then four Entombs, and then Shallow Graves, and some Glory of Vengeances. Cool, you, cool. you didn't have the Dark Rituals, but you, you keep like standstills in and you just play Draw Go until you have a bunch of discard and beat someone. It's pretty fun. <laughs> <laughs> and then, like, you crack your own standstill with just, like, five discard spells, and then you cast Doomsday and win. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, Marcus, don't listen to this. Marcus is like, oh, my God, I could play standstill, standstill day or whatever. You want a silly thing I you want to call I, it? I, I couldn't really imagine Marcus playing discard spells. Like, I already don't like discard, and I can't imagine it. Like, discard, it could be a dead card, right? That, that's not something that Marcus yeah. wants to play. He's, he's played the Peer into the Abyss decks. Um, he'll bring himself to that if he has to. Yeah, but he also, he's only playing those because he can lose life and he likes losing life. It's true. Actually, I don't think he even plays discard. I think he just plays like four force, full pact. Yeah, Fair, that's, all right, that's fine. what I would imagine. All right, standstill deck with pact of negations. Then moving on, in the top right, we have another 8-cast deck, and this time also with the Gear of War Evergrid. Is, is that something you see quite a lot, or is that maybe something like some tech coming out of Sweden? Yeah, I think it's from Sweden. I haven't seen it before. Um, yeah, it's the first time for me as well. They, they, must, have, they must know each other, I'm going to guess, or... Or maybe there's just a list that's come out recently that we haven't seen. Um, it's totally possible. Oh, really? But, Something escaping our our eye? Oh, I, I know. The great. <laughs> we, we must subscribe to other podcasts to get the technology. Or maybe it's really from Sweden. Maybe, that, yeah. <laughs> let's just let's just give it to that. Yeah, I, th I think I think these two are onto something. It's a cool idea. I like it. Awesome. Then rounding out the top eight, we have Ruby Storm, and that's playing like usually that's the deck where I have to look up a lot of cards. Like the first card I saw was like. Pirates Pillage. I was like, wait, you don't know what Pirates like Pillage pirates? does? You've well, you've not played enough uh, limited in the last 
few years. Definitely. Years. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, Pirates Pillage is a cool card with, with like a monkey on the front, I think. Yeah, it's yeah. um, it's a sorcery, three colorless and a red. As an additional cost to cast Pirates Pillage, discard a card, draw two cards, and create two colorless treasure artifact tokens with while well, you can sacrifice them for a mana of any color. So it's basically like a looting effect, right? You you discard this and then you draw two, so you're breaking even on cards, but but then you get back like two of the mana. Yeah, this is this is basically the red version of a card for blue that would just like straight up cost two less mana. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, does this not scream like legacy playable to you? Absolutely not. No. Okay, fine. <laughs> but this this is cool. It's got a lot of like twos and ones and threes. So I think giving giving them enough credit, like they've probably played it a bunch. It's the kind of deck where I would just like jam for Simeon Spirit Guide in there to begin with. And Galvanic Relay really seemed like a really nice card for this deck. And there's just one. So I think they they know what they're doing and uh, they're onto something here. This deck is about to get a really nice upgrade in the new set as well. It's like a one a red. Um, X are the top two cards of your library. You can cast them until the end of your next turn, I believe. So it's incredibly powerful with a Ruby Medallion in play. It's basically like one mana, draw two for this kind of deck. So, so is that going to see play anywhere except for Ruby Medallion, uh, Ruby Medallion Storm? No, but could you, you could say the same against <laughs> Pirate's Pillage or uh, Jessica's Will. And no, I, I, I'm just yeah. asking because uh, we were actually talking about that on on the Cantrip Cartel podcast. Oh, I was okay. a guest on yesterday, and I I was very much of the opinion that this card is basically unplayable except for yeah i guess ruby storm uh just because whenever yeah. you play red in a fair deck in legacy you also want to play blue there's basically only goblins where you have the tribal synergies where you or, or i guess burn but you play burn for other reasons where you wouldn't play blue in your red deck and at that point you probably want to play excessive iteration uh, <laughs> excessive <laughs> impressive iteration no i keep expressive iteration that's the one excessively <laughs> impressive excessive iteration like that actually excites like three cards and you get to keep all of them <laughs> oh my god yeah but I, i'll agree with you i don't think the card is going to be going to do much outside of this deck cool. but i think it'd be amazing in this deck so yeah the thing is like this deck probably has like too many cards that actually wants to play you know there's like stuff like galvanic relay is, is like pretty like all of these cards they look like they were literally printed for ruby storm and yeah maybe they need like some kind of yorian-esque commander that makes you play more cards so you can like fit all of them into the deck mm-hmm. jester's <laughs> will is also quite a new one which is amazing in the deck i actually think this deck's a bit of a sleeper it's it's a it's pretty powerful it can do some really crazy things and it can grind really well you have like um it's got four burning wish yeah 40 burning wish and then you also have one main deck pass and flames and a second sideboard it grinds very well against control so i think this deck is actually better than people kind of like let on about it so it's cool to see. Is this deck actually playing Faithless Looting? No, it's not, right? That, that's You don't really get anything Why out of it. Why do you play Looting that's... when you can play Pirate's Pillage? Yeah, too. <laughs> Julian, come on. <laughs> yeah, you got this figured out. <laughs> Wait, they're only playing 12 lands? Okay, dude. <laughs> no, there's three Shadow Skull Smashing as well. Dude, one of them is going to trap right one of the Eternal Weekend events, I'm calling it. Yeah, I think... Yeah, I wouldn't be... All right, I'm going to play this. Actually, I can't play it, but... <laughs> okay, it, cool. Yep. So moving on, there was a challenge this Sunday and it gathered 177 players and drumroll. Can, can you guess who got first place? One of the hottest players in Legacy right now. Spoiler, it's not me. Oh, oh shit, I'm still on the uh, on the wrong, wrong page. I'm still actually, looking at the No, wait, wait, it wasn't a challenge. It actually, it was a, a showcase challenge. It was right? a showcase challenge. It had 177 oh. players. That's massive, actually. Well, that's why so many people played in it. Yep. Usually a challenge just get like 64 to 100 or something. Yep. 
drum roll it was xj cloud classic dnt master um surprised but not surprised at all to see him take it down he's he's just incredible with the deck uh very proficient he wrote a huge article just before it um i haven't read it uh yet i've kind of like browsed it and skimmed it and i was looking at a few matchups especially at the bottom and it just went on and on and on and on and on in like a, in the best way possible he's written so much and um yeah he's just put his his uh skills to to the, to the fore and Take like the articles on on min, minmaxblog.com right it is yes good point i forgot about that yes it's free it in the show so you can yeah post in the show notes um yeah he's he's been him and Luanil, um jason murray they've been championing especially the the yorian build and then not too long ago they added uh, as saga which i think a lot of people were kind of like murmuring and mentioning and it just made like too much sense and then it's just you know a bit of, a bit of a staple now. And the newest other little thing is one timeless dragon, which I was like, I think we mentioned it in the podcast, and I was like, oh, it seems cool, you know, they're trying it out. And then there's this chap called Rory who came to our like uh, last London monthly, and I asked him about it, and he told me in, in all the ways that it could be good. And I was like, wow, that actually seems fantastic. Like it's just because you just plain cycle it, and it's a deck that always wants more white mana, and then you just uh, eternalize it for four mana doesn't get bolted can't be pyroblasted blocks delver and dragon rage channeler especially dragon rage channeler when they have to attack into it and you know they can't daze or counter or whatever uh-huh. um, just seems like a really nice card uh, yeah i was impressed by the way he told me all that it can do yeah I, I really like it i like i'm a really big fan of that i remember we we talked like a couple of months ago we talked about a, a landstill deck that actually like used timeless dragons to to like go under the landstill because you're not casting the dragons so as mm-hmm. such they also can't be countered you yeah. you're i think it's like an activated ability and and you put them onto the battlefield that way and and that's kind of cool what i really like is it's four four it gets past endurance so even if you're playing like a control deck like a random i don't know four three four color control deck and you get the a timeless dragon down you're gonna have a four four and y- you don't care about the endurance and i mean in the second game it's probably not going to be there in the first place but overall it's just like everything about it feels right and I- i'm a really big fan of the one of timeless dragon like I-, I couldn't even see a second copy i don't know how it plays out but um I- yeah, like you mentioned death in texas is really mana hungry like it's one of the more mana hungry decks in the format and just like ensuring you get your land drop that's already something yeah yeah big fan of it so i don't see any other death and taxes in the the screenshot we have here of the top 18 i guess um there probably were some other people playing it but it's always a deck which you know it's it is so good against these blue decks but the rest of it is is a lot of blue um so you can see why xj has kind of come to the top uh the blue decks are still so powerful in legacy where you just have to play incredibly proficiently even with a good matchup in your hands and so think yeah actually there aren't too many people playing death in texas actually we have the numbers here by by the crew from joseph dyer and there's wait that can't be right oh that's that's death shadow there were five people only five people playing death in texas wow. out of the 177 wow okay that, that'll that be why there's less i mean this is why you you can't like look at a, a top 18 here and see all the blue pips and then be like oh, okay you know it's like dominated no dnt apart from one at the very top it's just very few people play which is actually shocking because the deck has been doing very well recently and, is... and it's so incredibly cheap it, it's yeah. so incredible like, compared to anything else like i think it's like a thousand well, well quote unquote cheap right mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> but, but, but both in paper and on magic online uh, actually on magic online you dude I, I might be mixing it up like i know on paper it's like around a thousand because i looked it up yesterday on this magic is, online actually it's it's really expensive because it's four solitudes and four as a saga it's Oh, the solitudes are really expensive as well, right? Yeah. Uh, let, let me switch it to MTGO. 
Well, actually, here it says 444 tickets. Which also? is like half of is a Delver. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Oh, never mind. This is the extra cloud list. And this one is 685, which is still like, yeah. It, oh, no, it's expensive for Magic. Well, Island, that's so going to get people on their Man Traders or Cardholder accounts still. Uh, they'll be fine. But um, yeah, the rest of the. So I was going to say we can go through everything. Um, what is incredible is there's so many good players at the top. I actually recognize every single one apart from the dear painter player in fifth. I just have to shout out <laughs> uh, Federico uh, El Mad- Madal. Sorry if I butchered that. Um, awesome to see painter like, you know, so high. I still think it's a deck which like, you know, has, you know, all these blasts are so good against what people are doing. I think it is actually pretty legit good right now. Um, so that's, that's awesome to see it there. But every other player on this list is like, yeah, I, I know that they're incredibly good. So, so all the placings here is very impressive. You know what Federico is doing, by the way, and Painter? I, I heard the gospel, and they are only playing four blasts, but you gotta make room for the format all stuff for Chromatic Star. I hear you really like the card. Oh, I love Chromatic Star. Okay, let me, let me just <laughs> let me just put it up. I do love a Chromatic Star. Uh, yeah, four Chromatic Star. The card is just good. So they, they have four blasts. Okay, this is going in a cool direction, because there's no Khans, which it's like the opposite of what... Um, Marius was doing, which we talked about in the last podcast. Yeah. I think I think both are good ways. So they have the four painter servers in the main deck, and then it's um, yeah, you can you can find it easier. And then with four chromatic stars, and then Nico Wellspring as well. They're just like going. They're making the welders even better and the engineers. Like it's just you're just getting more value there. So I guess they're just becoming like an even lower to the ground. They have twenty one lands, which is fairly common. They got Trinisphere and Staring Bridge main deck as the kind of engineered targets yeah everything else looks kind of cool i I was i've been thinking about how to cut cons in like a saga list because very often you like you have to choose between trying to cast a con or making a second construct and things there's a little bit of friction there so i'd like their approach yes it looks like they went 7-0 in the swiss and then is that right yeah, it looks like it. Yeah. <laughs> and, and like you mentioned, cool. the Goblin Rider is turning into the absolute value engine with the Chromatic Stars and the Cobra yeah. Springs. Like, once you start switching those every time, you draw, like, two cards or something. It's absolutely insane. The opponent w- would usually concede, because it's incredibly hard to keep up. <laughs> but they're just like, that's so cool. You're having so much fun. You can carry on. <laughs> just keep going, good dude. I, I, I want to see more of it. I want to see you draw yeah, your entire yeah. deck. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, Painter, um, definitely a deck. Like, if you, it, it's probably not the kind of deck you would give somebody and be like, hey, play this in the, in the Eternal Weekend, unless you want to put in some work. Um, but mm-hmm. I think it's one of the more rewarding decks in Legacy. Yeah, I, I still think I probably, if I if I was going to play in the Shakers Challenge, and even for Eternal Weekend, I think I am actually away on the weekend, so I can't play it. But I think I would play Painter in at least one of them, probably two. I don't think myself as a top tier like painter player by any means, but I still think you know. I mean, there's yeah. only so many. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I'm, I'm thinking of like you know, there's some, there's a lot of people in the Discord which are just like amazing. So oh, okay, thinking Jack Kitchen especially. Um, yeah, I, I think you need to, you do need to have the reps. It's you can, it can be really punishing if you sequence things wrong, especially. Um, not, not just like the non-basic lands, but just when to leave up mana, when to play around this and that and stuff. It's. Oh, by the way. You know what's really weird to me? Like, there's three words of bobble. Like, what what are we doing with the bobble in this deck? I mean, so they're they're playing three mox opal, which is pretty uncommon. Um, this will be why they have the stars and the baubles. So they they're going heavier on fast mana. I think they're just trying to. They actually play a lot more fast mana than usual. So they've got 
Oh, there's two two Lowe's pedals, sorry. So there's usually four Lowe's pedals, but they've gone two pedal, three Mox Opal, and then they're using the Stars and the Baubles to turn the opal, Opals on early. Um, Mox Opal is generally not really played in Painter because you just don't get that many artifacts in play early, but this one, they must do enough. And it's again, so, like, so I guess the idea here is that you can go for the combo somewhat quicker, and if it fails, you can recover by trying to, like, Generate insane value in. with Wilder. Yeah, or just make bigger Saga tokens as well. Um, there's a bunch of ways that these artifacts kind of help different ways of the deck playing. I think generally, I've always found that Painter is a deck which trades resources. Like you trade a Welder for a Bolt, then you trade a Blast for a Cantrip or an Action Spell, and then you do get to top decking. This is why I always kind of like the Imperial Recruiters, which there are none here actually. I always like them because it's just like kind of a good card so you can recruiter for recruiter for hell yes (laughs) but also just i i I recruiter for a welder or engineer very very often as well um and it's just a a body to throw on the ground as well and just do stuff whereas here yeah i find the bauble the slow trip is is kind of risky in painter not massive into that interaction in the deck but i can see what they're going with the mox opal i do like it it also lets you kind of play term one urza saga and threaten turn two make a thing and then like sometimes turn four combo uh turn three combo uh you just need the painter with it so that's cool cool so in speaking of familiar faces and especially the top eight we we have um javier dominguez also known as talai on magic online playing blue red diver and for those of you who don't know javier um, shame on you no (laughs) (laughs) no uh javier actually won the legacy gp in paris in 2014 he also made it to the finals of the most recent legacy premier league and i mean those are just some of his minor accomplishments like he's a Mm. i I guess he's a world champion (laughs) oh yeah by the way he also won the world championship (laughs) he is the world champion after coming second the year before as well which is that's actually so exciting it's so Uh, i'm loving that part of the story (laughs) I've, i've watched that gp paris finals so many times he was on Bug Delver with like Dark Confidence and he beat Miracles. I think actually like Sylvan Library and him and Turex beat Miracles, which is good times. <laughs> <laughs> oh, if you say so. <laughs> oh, dear. oh, yeah. If, yeah. 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 <laughs> there were people who didn't play uh, Top Miracles anyway. <laughs> yeah. Well, Dark Confident was amazing. How, what's not to love? Maybe it's going to come back one day. No, who knows? No. I not. mean, it's not even good enough for Vintage anymore. No. But it's just like too fast paced. It's like you wait. So you're telling me you have to wait a turn for the card? <laughs> yeah, like what? Scratch his head. What? I'm just gonna play this as a saga. Yeah. yeah. So um, the reason I'm mentioning this is because uh, Javier, even though he made second place, uh, he tweeted about that Blue Red Devil is a lot of fun to play, but he actually thinks that Urza Saga is likely better than the deck. Like any doing anything with Urza Saga is is likely better than playing Blue Red Devil, and that kind of somewhat feeds into my experience. Like I'm, you know, I really like Cheskai Cheskai Ragavan. Like this, this, I like playing Brewer Diver. I like playing a tempo game, but I always felt like the Cheskai Ragavan deck. It's it's a little bit more mid rangey, and it still has like decent game against Brewer Diver, but also like reaping all the rewards from being mid range deck. Of course, the trade off is you you have a much worse first game against most combo decks. Mm-hmm. But it was it was interesting to see that that how you mentioned that because then in third place we actually have everybody's favorite Jedi streamer Arken, also known as Legacy underscore Council on Twitch, and Arken later tweeted that he wasn't too happy about Urza Saga, and that's why he actually dropped it from the Cheskai Raga one decks and he played he went back to playing like Stifles and apparently also to consider. I'm not too 
too happy about consider like i guess i get the idea that it like feeds your your Merktide region and it has interactions with um dragon rage channeler but overall mm, the stifles somewhat look out of place to me just because like a big part of the stifles was protecting your own sagas and i guess you can still stifle the opponent's sagas but i'd much rather also have my own sagas as well i mean it makes the mana dodgier i guess but I I kind of it this we we're doing the usual kind of trick of stifle right and I've actually noticed Arkin does it a lot um for premier events before he tells people the deck he's playing he either plays dredge which is just he can't do now because endurance is out there or he moves to stifle when everyone else is off stifle like the best stifle is the one you don't expect etc um and I I saw a couple of people get caught out by the stifles so I I do think you know if it's completely off people's radar which it kind of was like I know it, I know stifle started off in the Jeskai decks to protect your saga but it was dropped quite quickly so I it's, think... it's funny you mentioned that because i think i've seen it in a couple of legacy chats where, where it was like making waves during the showcase challenge where people were like watch out arkans playing stifle and like people spread the oh, word really? and, yeah <laughs> i wasn't looking at that <laughs> yeah yeah um well there we go that's that's i think i think it paid off for him here i think i i didn't watch any of his games but i can imagine a, bu- a bunch of them were off the back of stifle i think actually so it's kind of yeah i like it um, very very quickly, he'll, I'm sure him and people playing this deck won't play it much more. But it's just like a a one event kind of you know, load up your gun, shoot your bullet, and uh, see where it takes you. Yeah, and and then well, I can't call it the elephant in the room because it's certainly not the elephant in the room. Is that out of the top eighteen, there's ten is a Deva decks, and I mean, yeah, that's too many, right? That's just yeah, it's a lot. I will make a very important clarification. Um, I think. Actually, a majority of them here. Basically, this is kind of like a quote-unquote Zoomers creation, and so I think all of the the younger players here, like um, there'll be MZ Blazer, uh, Leviathan One Hundred Two, Igad is Edgar, but I think he was on it as well. He's he's not a he's he's a bit of a boomer, but he's he's in the crew. Bullwinkle is um one of the guys that like basically popularized this. In my opinion, RNG specialist as well. I think was probably on it. They're playing like blue red control, like Saga control, but looks like Delva. Um, let me just pull up a list. It oh, does... yeah, yeah, Actually, because I put it in the show notes, right? They're only playing four Rogawans, four Merktides, but neither Delva nor Dragon Rage Channeler. But at least in the MZ ah, yeah, Blazer list, yeah, they yeah. Th- there were like four Unholy Heat. Like, yes. holy Batman, holy Unholy Heat Batman. What, so what is this? if you go through the other ones, I think you'll see more of these. So, yeah, Edgar was playing the same thing, just four Rogawan, four Merktides. And then they have two Retrofitted Foundry as well. So... It looks like Delva, and then it actually just plays like a very, very grindy mid-range control. Like, yeah, so Leviathan 102 is on it as well. I'm just scrolling through. Um, JPA was on just two Delva secrets thing. Uh, yeah, Bullwinkle as well on it as well. And RNG Specialist, so yeah, the guess is right. So yeah, this is like a, an evolution of the deck, and Bullwinkle has, was the first one I saw like post on Twitter. He was willing, winning challenges with like three dazes because he <laughs> then people asked him, he was like, yeah, I thought it'd be funny because everyone's saying but ban it. So there is three dazes in some of these decks as well. I love it. But they also have a main deck Pyroblast. This is a this is like an empty Joker Ball. I think they all talk together and you'll see a lot of similarities across the lists. But um, yeah, these decks are good. They, they look incredibly impressive to me where it's just like they've even cut the Dragon Rage Channeler, which always feels amazing. But sometimes that's the card that feels the weakest as well, whereas Ragavan and Merktide are so, so pushed. 
So, so I guess the idea is that you, like you mentioned, you look like Blue Red Diver, and then you think you can easily grind them out by just like, basically you see them not having like a fast start, or maybe they have Ragavan, you have the removal spell, and, and then they don't immediately follow it up with something, and you're like, oh, okay, so I, I'm in a decent position, but what you don't know is that they are actually like, I, I don't want to go as far as calling them a control deck, but at least they are much more controllish mm-hmm. than you would expect Blue Red Diver to be, and then you're like strategically you, you make the wrong decisions and you you take your time when you shouldn't and and you you get in this really awkward spots where you feel like dude i'm just getting grinded out and then eventually you handle the first retrofitter foundry and then they have a second one it's like why do you even have with the saga at, in the first place look at the mana base so take out the sagas for a second 22 lands two wastelands one mystic sanctuary that's not a delver deck whoa, 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 whoa mystic sanctuary yeah this is not I a delver deck that. it's a it's a blue red play the busted new cards control deck yeah. Oh, I, I, I could get, dude. This is like the best of both worlds, almost. Like it doesn't play, so. it doesn't play like Swords of Plowshares, which is like such a big deal in Legacy still. But mm. huh. that, that's why you see the foreign holy heats, and so you do miss the. Um, oh, it all fits together, dude. The these ending. zoomers, they really know what they're doing. The zoomers are absolutely cracked, as they say. <laughs> they're so good. Yeah. So yeah, I think this a majority of the top eight or top sixteen or whatever is this build. I think there's four or five of them, because. The Delver decks have two Delver secrets. That's like uh, Javier, um, Binu, JPA, and maybe one other. But yeah. So, but but what are we actually trying to kill with Unholy Heat? Just more creatures. I mean, it kills a lot of things, right? Just, like, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, <laughs> I don't know what to say to that. But they're going to print that in the newspaper tomorrow. <laughs> we asked the expert Callum Smith. <laughs> like, what does yeah. what it actually... Oh, it kills a lot of things. Uh, stop, it, kills it. A, it kills a timeless dragon. There we go. And it kills a stupid endurance or I mean, a, a Yorian. That, that, yeah, I guess that's yeah, oh yeah, um endurance is the big one, right? Yeah, endurance is the very big one. That was the that, that card is absolutely why Unholy Heat started to see play and um Unholy Heat's just stayed good. So you do need to be able to kill endurance as like a kind of a one for one. Okay, okay, okay. And I guess there's there's like random case scenarios where you maybe get to to hit a Merc Tide, probably not, but you know, yeah, I think the Merc Tide is just so, so insane in the mirror that you just kind of trade a heat and a lightning bolt for it and move so on. How many blasts do you actually have post port? Like, you got one in the main and then they got five. Oh, they got Hydro Blast and Sideboard as well. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, this is, this is super, super inbred and geared towards beating what's going on right now. So, yeah. I, I would actually very much look into playing this. Like, two Wastelands two in the sideboard as well. Um, they. Yeah, they just they just know what they're doing. <laughs> they're just gearing to beat the mirrors while also building the deck to just have like all the strongest cards in the sideboard to beat the other things. Oh yeah, so definitely check this list out. If you're looking for something to play that's that's maybe geared towards um beating yeah. the current Meta Game Magic Online, I I'm loving this. I'm this, absolutely loving this. This is my vote for the best deck for Eternal Weekend. There we go. Ooh, sweet. Mm. I I still gotta make up my mind, I guess. <laughs> yeah. So moving on, um, and speaking of Blue Red Diver or Blue Red, does this deck even have a name? I'm just going to call it like Blue Red uh, Midrange for now. We need to think of more more serials. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. So in speaking of, of the nominants of that deck, um, Anorak actually recently hosted uh, an event where he banned Ragavan, and I think it drew 33 players. I, I signed up, but then I forgot to play in it. It's kind of cool, right? Like, I, I watched it, and people were super excited about it. I think the finalist was actually Jason Murray on Death in Texas beating Alex Mansell on, well, s- still Blue Red Delva, even though there was no Raga one. 
but I think he put he put young pyromans on the deck list. Yeah, and so like reading uh, reports of what happened afterwards, apparently young pyromans was really good, and it is it's a really really good card. It's just one of these things where like things get power crept out because yeah, the new threats are so good, as we've heard a million times. But um, the threats that are waiting in the wings are still really good. Uh, so yeah, not surprised to see young pyromans do some heavy lifting. Young Pyramids is just like a really cool card when you consider like expressive iteration. Like it, it plays really well into that, right? You can play Young Pyramids on a second turn and then the third turn naturally is the one where you want to play excessive iteration. And then you're probably going to get two tokens out of that as well. Yeah, it's really powerful. Looking at the list now, so the Threat Suite is like the most interesting thing in Delver. So it has four Delvers, four Dragon Rage Channeler, two Young Pyramids and four Merc Tide. Um, if we did see Ragavan Band in Legacy, this, this looks like where people would go straight away and it looks very, very solid to me. And... It's also like just like a nice step back <laughs> in power level as well. Um, it's it's cool that Young Pyromancer is good. It's a different card. It's 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 the classic Grixis Delver deck of the Death Threat days where you have like Merc Tide is a, a tool threat that flies over Young Pyromancer goes wide. Then you have Delver and Dragon Rage is like the one drop aggression. It reminds me a lot of that. I was gonna almost call it like a breath of fresh air, even though it still plays like. 12 of the very recently printed cards that made Blue yeah really good. i wouldn't go that far <laughs> um like i'm looking at four dollar secrets and i'm like oh that's novel <laughs> <laughs> oh they're uh, trying something right yeah yeah <laughs> something but must be going on i do i do want to say it is really cool to see this event we were talking a little bit just before we started recording about how it's hard you can't really draw conclusions because like lack of data size but this is something that anarag when they were streaming the event like brought up loads of times he's like i'm not trying to get a conclusive answer at the end of it like if delver wins it doesn't just mean that you know it's the shell that's broken not ragavan if delver does badly it's not to say that banning ragavan like you know hurts the deck so much it's just like at some point you can only go in so many circles with conjecture and uh, theory and talking until you just need to just start playing some games and see where it goes. So I think this is his way of like, you know, look, we're going to throw some games, see what comes out of it. Um, You said the, everyone was like just having a massively positive time uh, watching the stream on the stream, playing the event. And he's just like, yeah, we'll, we'll do some more as well and keep playing it. So I think it's really cool to see it from that, like framed that way rather than, I think it's very easy to see this kind of thing. And I've seen some comments, not from Anurag or that team at all, but from other people just like, yeah, yeah, well, you know, you can't really you know, get conclusions from this. But yeah, as I said, that, that wasn't their aim, I think. Yeah, and it's also, I think it's really good that Anurag pointed that out during the stream because otherwise people would just be like, like assume that's the point of it. And I think most of the stuff that's, that's like, Get, really gathers people for streams and that people enjoy it's just like a good vibe and that's something that was very much associated with that tournament like i tuned in um quite a lot and i i really regretted that i couldn't play in it or i, I guess i could have played but i forgot <laughs> and i think that's a very very big reason or something that legacy really reads uh, needs right now because i mean we've talked about how the legacy challenge on saturday hasn't fired in like two months by now and I think there's like three reasons towards that. And like the first reason is, yeah, Ragavan is really good. And and it's, I mean, whenever something is better than everything else, people don't really enjoy it all that much. The second reason that people don't talk about as much, I think, is that decks got more expensive. Like I've seen a lot of people talk about how they had to increase their their renting limit on on renting services and Magic Online. Mm-hmm. Is, is that something that that you have noticed? Because I, I yeah. guess I'm spoiled. I have that cardholder sponsorship that like I, I can borrow anything anytime. But I, I've seen it quite a lot that people talk about that they had to increase their renting limit. Yeah, I've seen that as well. 
Um, especially some of the modern decks right now are just mental. Hey, modern used to be like the little sister of Legacy, I guess. Yeah. Hey, Legacy, Legacy well. still rules because of the, the dual lands, but, you know, there's Modern Horizons cards everywhere and they were crazy expensive for a bit. I guess they're coming down because the drafts are back up, but yeah. I'm just going through the lists uh, online. <laughs> there's a really funny one. Uh, it says Absent Aristocrats next to a blue-white symbols. <laughs> which is actually... <laughs> <laughs> which is actually um, a Mystic Forge like combo deck, so it's basically brown as well. <laughs> Maybe I should look a little bit more into modern. Like modern has some interesting stuff. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's actually cool. And, uh, but but be, before uh, I finish this thought, and, and yeah. the third thing that's going on in Legacy that at least I get the feeling of is that there's a really really bad vibe about anything going on in Legacy that just, that's really discouraging. And like I even can't completely exclude myself from that. Like whenever we talk, we talk about decks and stuff, I'm super excited to play them. But then you you go like on social media, you go to legacy chats, and a lot of times, I mean, for a reason, it's not coming out of thin air. People are very down on the format, and mm-hmm. that draws you down as well. You you know, it creates this perfect storm of negativity that that doesn't really want to make people play. And like we talked about, people also like uh, on Saturdays like to play in paper instead, and and all of that just like feeds into, for example, the Saturday challenge not firing. And then when Anorak steamed the Dragoban tournament, I, I just like. Mm-hmm that's where my idea of like a breath of fresh air was coming from it's not necessarily because of like how blue red devil is constructed it's just like it felt good again it felt like people were excited to watch and everything was crazy and like people were like oh see devil is still doing well and oh death and taxes hard just like it felt good and it, it, it took away some of the negativity that i feel that is very much associated with the meta game right now yeah i i massively felt that and i felt like i was uh kind of you know doing day-to-day things and keeping up with things and reading Twitter and chats and stuff. And then it's just a constant, like, no one, not like anyone individually, you know, having a go or whatever, but I actually just, in the last few weeks, I've muted almost all the chats and I've banned a bunch of words or um, muted a bunch of words on Twitter. Just And it's been a nice improvement for a little break for a bit. I think I've muted days, Ragavan, and ban, (laughs) and now I don't see any posts with those words in. (laughs) So... um, I'll, but if you, if you ban if you ban the word ban, then you also won't get the announcement of the um, well eventual survival of the fittest unbanned. That, that that's like probably yeah. coming this year, right? So yeah, I'll just never find out. But I'll be playing Legacy and it'll be unbanned. I have no idea about it. <laughs> You're gonna go to the next tournament. People are gonna be like, okay, Black Lotus survival of the fittest. Discard squee, find Chewed Bird no. or something. Well, you see, Julian, I thought of this. I'm one step ahead. I didn't silence unban. There we go. Well, does it work that way? I don't know. Yeah, it's a different <laughs> word. I think so. I hope so. Cool. Oh. So I'm wa- I'm waiting for the uh, the sensitive divine top and astrolabe on bands to come on Monday. <laughs> oh God, dude. <laughs> maybe maybe you know. Yeah, I, I don't want to say it, but I could I could see myself playing that. I guess. <laughs> but let's see. I mean, I, the, uh, top miracles is one of my most played decks in paper mm-hmm. ever. Yeah. yeah, we talked about that. <laughs> we have, we have. <laughs> yeah, I might play that. So actually. This is a another detail I'll talk about, like our, our, um, our London monthlies. I'm doing like a big thing in December where we're going to unban a bunch of cards. We can talk about that in, like maybe next episode. Oh, that sounds great, right? Um, yeah. yeah it's it's going to be like in the second week, I think, of December or something? Yeah, second week of December. going to do like, do our usual legacy as normal on Tuesday. Friday, having a bunch of people coming down from the north. We're going to just like go to the pub and cube. And then Saturday, we're going to do a tournament where the first three rounds are going to be... Um, maybe Legacy Unchained with a whole curated ban list with like tons of fun cards on ban like Sensitive Iron Top 
and Death Rite Shaman. Wait, 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 wait. You said fun cards. Exactly. I knew I'd bait you with that. <laughs> but we're leaving stupid shit like Oko and Renin 6 banned. And then the next few rounds are going to be like probably pre Innistrad. And then the top eight is going to be a vintage cube draft. Oh, is, is that like like a special event that you have to sign up for? Is it, or is it like, yeah. how does it work? I mean, we, we'll probably talk about it more um, yeah, when yeah. the time comes. but The week before or something. But it's it's going to be just like um, everyone puts in five pounds and or like even free just to cover venue and like little costs behind the scenes and stuff. And then it's just bragging rights, basically. Oh, yeah, like like we did for Legacy Unchained, right? Exactly, yeah. I think we never played that to the finish. Like, I was in the semifinals and then the tournament was stopped. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> I think it, there was a little... There, there was just, like... I learned a very good lesson that <laughs> there was too much magic for that. Yeah, but we had to bring, like, five decks each every week. And I yeah, because like, I, I was so excited at the beginning. I was like, oh, all these things I want to do. And then I was kind of enthusiastic for quite a long time playing the decks. But I very quickly realized that everyone was just copying each other and should have done, like... One yeah, everybody you've just like copied that one uh mind suicide deck because you, you know because <laughs> i was the first one to play a game yeah yeah <laughs> i know lessons learned lessons learned it was fun it definitely was yeah something else that's probably gonna be fun um even though like despite all the talk about you know ragavan and everything and, and we, i can definitely see that i'm still excited for eternal weekend coming up Actually, and just, just to like quickly very give... very quickly before we go into that did we want to talk about um why actually did well at anorex event uh i guess we we can um yeah if you if you want to point out some, some more yeah definitely yeah yeah so i just thought like you know if people um are listening along and wondering what i should well so we had i think this is just the the swiss standings it's on goldfish so i'm not sure the exact top eight oh, the top eight was so matthew Vuk was playing four color control like it's labeled snowco but it's just like kind of the four color decks with all the good fair cards uro and expressive iteration stuff we have alex medstal as we said on blue red delver with the pyromancers Oliver Everhart, it says Mono Blue Aggro, but that's the Blue Artifacts, uh, like, eight-cast eight deck. Jason Murray on Death and Taxes. Tony Murata on Cloud Post, Mono Green, who's known for. Randy Larson on, like, uh, Blood Moon Stompy. Nathaniel Snyder, four-color combo, which is going to be Tez, I'm pretty sure. Uh, let's just open it up. No, is it? Oh, yeah, it is. Yep, that is Tez. And then we have Days on four-color Loam. It says Loam, I, I think it was just, like, kind of four-color kind of um the the mtg melee like naming conventions are very out of date this is also a four color control deck it has two life from the loams but it doesn't have like the mox diamonds and stuff so two four four color control decks so it looks like kind of legacy as we know it now with some uh just like <laughs> a little bit less delver how about that yeah i don't, I don't hate it i don't no, hate it no. i mean you know what I think about like four color decks and stuff. Um, yeah. I I don't hate them, but they don't get me excited at all. <laughs> yeah. But overall, like it looked like people brought a bunch of different stuff, and yeah, it's, it's all those decks there. Um, like keeping in mind deck specialists, like you don't see Cloudpost top eight an event all the time, but then you see it's Tony Murata, and you're like, okay, makes sense. All these decks you could totally see at the top um, of events as well in the last couple of years, and they're just good. So yeah, it makes T- sense. Tony is one of my picks for making top eight at Eternal Weekend. Like at one of the events, Tony has been doing really well lately. I, I could totally buy that. He's an absolute monster with that deck. It's like he's he's actually one of my favorite streams, like hands down, probably like top five. He's but he so, streams. He hasn't for a little bit. I think he's been maybe something to do with work or just taking a little step back. But he was streaming almost every single weekend. And well, he's what, just, what's the switch? Is it like into play? Like yeah, it's into again? underscore play. Oh, there's so many Tonys in, Le- in Legacy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but go back and watch his VODs if they're there. He's just like the perfect, super chill. 
like no loud noises, laid back streamer. And he's just such a master with the deck. You're just like watching in awe. You're just like, God, this play is so good. I didn't think of that. This is amazing. And he explains it all very, very well. And clearly it's, it's just awesome. Just fantastic. Awesome. Yeah. Is he the same Tony who used to play Ruby Storm? No. Don't think so. Which one's that? <laughs> that and there's a, to- a a Tony who, like, for a year, told me he drives a truck, a, like like a lorry <laughs> oh, across yeah, the US. Yeah. No, and that's... then, like, after a year, I learned he he totally lied to me, and I was like, dude, all, all those like road trip stories he told me it's all fake. It's like, yeah, no, that's Anthony Leverde. Leverde. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, but he's also a Tony. He's one of the Tonys. He he's he's a big Tony. Isn't there a Tony Award in the US or something? <laughs> anyway. I think there so, is a Tony that actually plays Ruby Storm as well. Uh, there must be. Yeah. <laughs> At least one. Um, um, <laughs> um, yeah. Anyway, Eternal Weekend. Yeah, so Eternal Weekend is coming up um, in slightly more than seven days. So the first event is going to be on November 19th. Uh, second one, actually... Yeah, they're all that weekend. So it's basically not this weekend, but it's next weekend, right? So they're running from next weekend, 19th to 21st. And those are the legacy events. And a week after, there's going to be the vintage events. And I think it makes sense, um, even though I guess a lot of people know how they work. A lot of people also don't know how they work. And because we're doing them online again this year, there's this special thing that Wizards of the Coast offers that I think if you ever, ever, ever considered getting into magic online this is the best actually these are the two best weeks of the entire year to do that because you can get a god account on magic online for just 25 dollars you can literally have almost every card on magic online available except for i guess rick's that fast leader that was choked last year right <laughs> yes people were so <laughs> upset that you couldn't get rick oh my god yeah and now it's it's not like it's so far from ever seeing play and, and also remember when it was going to just ruin the format as well like, <laughs> oh my god every single day and and the, the blue white one glenn was gonna like go in blue white blade and be busted <laughs> and stuff yeah dude it would have been good 10 years ago but yeah mm, yeah <laughs> imagine maybe. if we had show, shown people like ragavan and expressive iteration and everything like 10 years ago <laughs> oh they would just think it's fake like yeah how probably. can a savannah lions be so pushed like Literally 10 Good years question. ago, I still played against Savannah Alliance and Legacy at times. Yeah. And then, like, <laughs> Code 8 was like, lol, you're shit. And then Loam Lion came along. I was like, yeah, let's go. Oh, yeah, Loam Lion. Good times. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, what I'm saying is you, you can sign up for these things starting next Monday. So, November 15th, I believe that'll start. And you sign up, you get a Magic Online account, you go into the store, you buy one of those tokens, it's $25. And then I think you have to close the Magic Online and reload it. And then it's going to give you access to every single card for two weeks. And you can not only play in these these Eternal Weekend events, you can play in a league, you can play in challenges, you can practice. Like you have an entire week of practice for Legacy. And then on the weekend, on Friday, Saturday and Sunday at different times. So depending on where you live in the world, you might even be able to play in like two or three of them uh, or how long you want to stay up, I guess. And then you can play in those. And afterwards, you still get to keep those cards for another week because then the vintage events are coming up. And you don't even need to play in vintage, right? You you don't even need to play in legacy ones. You, you can just play. And I think you, for the legacy ones, you have to sign up again, right? So you, you buy one of those tokens for 25 and then you can play in one of the legacy events. And if you want to play in another one, you play $25 again. But generally speaking, you're going to have those cards for two weeks. And that's just like such a such a great way into Magic Online. Yeah, the first one I even, even though I have mana traders that can like rent everything, I even got this just because it is so much nicer just not to have to go back and forth and stuff. 
Um, I didn't again. It's just it's just a nice experience. You can do whatever you want. You can play any stupid bullshit combo you want. <laughs> you can play four horsemen if you want. You know, just well, yeah. Good luck with that. Spell, spend, spend your time in a really fun way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Actually, let me see which ones I can play. In. Um, so there's this one, November twentieth at one a.m. in the morning. Uh, well. No. <laughs> <laughs> then the Bayou one, it's yeah, 10 a.m. I can play, and the 6 p.m. one I can also play. So I can, you know, Seven Library, that's the one I want to win. Seven yes, Library of is course. like such sweet art. 10 a.m. is the perfect time to start a tournament as well. God. That's so nice. And you're yeah. off. You're just easy. Yeah. yeah. Hey, what, you should, you should be playing every single one of these. What the hell? Yeah, like the total degenerate that I have. 36 hour stream. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> I have a feeling that Justin Gennari is probably going to do that for Winter right? Yeah, he's. <laughs> He's a crazy motherfucker. I wouldn't be surprised. And uh, Rich Kova will like record every single one as well. Oh, oh, definitely. Yeah. So I um I I read the fine print of these tournaments, and I was actually pleasantly surprised that Sneak Attack is banned. Did you notice? Like Sneak Attack yeah. and Sean Teller banned in this event. Interesting. Yeah. Like, I mean, it, and if if you want to know why, like they 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 literally put a a sentence on there. This is a skill-based tournament <laughs> played <laughs> based on players' ability to defeat other players. <laughs> oh, I was, that took me a second when you were saying it. I was like, oh, this is a funny joke. I was like, oh, I see where this is going. Yeah, nice, nice. <laughs> well set up. <laughs> it wasn't even a setup like it just came no. to me like actually i put it in there because you know last year there was some kind of like collusion going on with like hey you sc- scooped to me and it, it, it happened on stream oh, and yes. wizard caught it and yeah then andreas um well actually i guess there's no reason in like shouting out his name he, he probably wouldn't want that <laughs> but yeah um somebody was was disqualified from it and so i guess wizards put that in there to really hammer at home that hey don't collude and just like play based on skill and there's not going to be any anything like ids and stuff and it's going to be fine yeah yeah these stupid scooping and banning and everything you know what i re- like as well the, yeah. the second sentence they put in that this is absolutely amazing this, this is just like really covering audio bases yeah if you play in magic online tournaments win and expect to get your prize be very very sure you're playing on your own account <laughs> we do not recognize excuses such as i and my friend jointly own the account or it's my brother's account, but he gave it to me, or some of that. <laughs> yeah, I guess they're just making it as absolutely clear as possible that they probably they must have some laws um, that they have to follow where, like, the person's account has to be linked to who gets prizes based off it or something. Tax reasons, potentially. I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's also just like, imagine you're like in the in the files and you're about to win and you then you're like, you know what, actually, I, w- I want to sell the big painting that I'm going to get. And I know in the past it sold for like 10,000 or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you're like, you know what, maybe I'm just going to sell this account as is right now, being in the finals, ab- <laughs> about to win to somebody else. And <laughs> I see. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe. Maybe I'm reading too much. But it's probably not happening in Legacy, but um, with regards to like, qualifying for bigger tournaments, like it used to be a thing in PTQs, and I think I've mentioned this before, that I'm at least aware of one case where somebody literally played on, on their friend's Magic Online account because they were already qualified for the Pro Tour, and their mm-hmm. friend was like a Pro Tour grinder who missed out, and they were like, oh, you know what, I'm actually going to play on your account, and oops, oops I won. <laughs> yeah, it's so hard to track these things as well. It's, it's you basically can't. impossible, right? Yeah, exactly. Little bugs on the walls or something. Yeah, it's impossible. Um, so yeah, you're going to play in two of them? Is that Something like two, yeah. Cool. 
cool. Unfortunately, I'm just away the whole weekend. I'm going to a, t- a team Warhammer tournament at Warhammer World, so it'll be very fun. But uh, actually, I it was just classic Callum planning. I didn't realize it was the same weekend. Otherwise, I'd probably play at least two as well. Um, maybe try for three, but that's that's the breaks. What are your some of your predictions? We talked about before where I said I think this blue red control deck is like depends if the Zoomers sign up because I think they're the ones that are playing it. So if they do, I think they're they're going to do well. I think the Jarvis U's and the Edgar Magahazes of the world will do well in these things as well. You said Tony Murata on Cloudpost. I can see it. I think the the top DNT players like XJ Cloud and Luanil will also do very well. Um, could definitely see one of them taking one down. What do you think? Yeah, that was basically my picks as well, right? Uh, I mean, when you come up with a list that that's really geared towards beating the meta game, and and you're doing something that misleads your opponent, like with regards to like strategy, or in Arkan's case, um, tactics. But when, when you all of a sudden start playing these these stifers again and they're unexpected, I think that's something I also really always like to do. when I played elves, for example, in big events, I wanted to have some kind of instant speed. Thing that throws your opponent off that that does something they didn't expect and i think that's a really really big thing and yeah i i think there's probably gonna be somebody and they're gonna do well and we'd be like oh that's really smart and that's probably gonna be something for the episode after that mm-hmm. <laughs> but i'm not even sure what i'm gonna play um yeah i kind of want to play elves i played a little bit of elves again lately again and did pretty well i've uh, been enjoying it quite a lot maybe that one in uh, the in the sylvan library one Oh, that would be perfect, right? Yeah. I mean, buy you as well. <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah, fair play. Yeah. I also think Anurag might do well. He's got a really good track record. I think he top eighted two of the last ones that weekend. Oh, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Actually, did did he? Because we... Oh, yeah, yeah, he played... Did he? Actually, I don't remember. He might have, actually. I think he top eighted two out of three. I could be completely making that up, but I have a feeling he did. Um, like, Anurag is, is an incredible entertainer, but he's also an amazing player. Um so i think he has a good chance of crushing something awesome so yeah let, let's actually i'm actually really excited to see how our, how our picks are going to go is, is there something like a fantasy fantasy legacy league or something where people can yeah. pick players for maybe, this? maybe maybe make a sheet and uh, post it on twitter and let everyone make some predictions and see who gets closest maybe we can do that in our discord actually yeah, yeah. i would love yeah. to do that in the discord like m- maybe throw up uh something and and like have people either pick players or or pick like top eights uh or something yeah i mean everybody's good. gonna pick like uh like blue red so you, you gotta make that the most <laughs> I, expensive I think pick i think something. i think players or like off meta decks or i think players is a cool thing to do or off oh yeah off meta decks is a nice one. Oh, that that's actually really smart right so so we can we can just like exclude like blue red Dalva or or something like that mm-hmm. and then like pick three off meta decks that we're gonna see in the top eight or something yeah i'm gonna think about it i like that yeah sounds cool awesome so before we close it out today, by the way, I want to give big shout outs to Dukes. Dukes on Twitch. Um, he's back to streaming. I think he took somewhat um, of a hiatus lately. And I, I was super, super happy and super surprised to see him back in in the streaming game because uh, he's got one of the most, like, like you mentioned for the other guy, like for mm-hmm. Interplay, um, for Tony, one of the Tonys. Yep. Uh, Dukes got that as well, right? He's like super chill and I really enjoy his stream. And yeah, just, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing more just, of that again. He's got the name of, he's the nicest guy in Legacy. There we go. I said it. I mean, that's pretty much true, right? Yep. <laughs> I mean, you're rivaling him for that, but... Yeah, nah, no, 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 no. But the thing is, like, he plays very, very nice decks, and you play pretty mean decks most of the time. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> paint paint is not? lovely. It's, it's <laughs> Yeah, paint, the, the deck that wants to destroy my entire memory but by, like, milling mm. my entire library and everything. Nah, yeah, I, true, I don't know, true. man. Dukes is casting Night of Relic very, and I haven't seen you doing that yet. 
it's been a long long time yeah <laughs> probably yeah. rightfully so yeah <laughs> oh my god i can't remember the last time i played one of them it's got to be three or four years at the very least you know, maybe maybe in two or three weeks we're gonna come together and 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 Knight actually won the Legacy Tournament. Oh wait, no, I played it in that um like Titan Stompy deck. A little bit. Oh one, true, true. One one of them. It's one of those decks that you like co-created and never picked up again. Yeah, it's they're all f- fine for a little bit and then like, yeah, move on. <laughs> <laughs> and then you wanna try something new, something exciting. You're still chasing that that high yeah, that's that's the thing. That's top I, high. <laughs> Like I think a lot of people agree there's tons of decks in this format which are um like you know everyone knows the good cards but there's other ways to slot all these good cards together and there's definitely things out there like waiting to be discovered and stuff. I don't like the idea of you know owning a deck like you're the person that made that deck. I like the idea of decks being discovered and then the legacy yeah. community as a whole like you know makes them better and stuff. I'm scatterbrained um, and I have a short attention span. I get bored of decks incredibly fast. So I like throwing together an idea, making a preliminary, preliminary like kind of list, and then playing it a bit, and some do well. And then I'm very, very bad at tuning. So I need good players to pick up these things to tune it. Otherwise, they kind of just you know fall by the wayside, and everyone moves on. So, so you you create like the original draft, uh, like of a new car or a rocket, mm-hmm. and then everybody's like, "Oh, this is really smart." But then, like on the third launch, it blows up, and you move on, and somebody <laughs> exactly. else perfects it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, might blow up on the second time sometimes, or even the first quite often. But hey, explosions are fun, so that's what we want to do. Oh, that's why you play Painter. Like it has a lot of goblins in it, and goblins like explode. Yeah, I, I see. Okay, it's all making sense now. There we go. <laughs> awesome. So, guys, if you wanna support more of our experiments, make stuff explode, or just like join our Discord, you can do though by supporting us on Patreon.com/slash/EverydayChannel. Or if you wanna help us out big time as well, you can leave a review on Apple Podcasts for Everyday Channel. With that. Big shoutouts to our Patreons on Eternal Witness tier, Tommy Hinks, Testacula, Sebastian Hollager, Guillaume, Jake, and Severin Schwarzuber, and Grizzlebrand tier, Victor Benatzt, Batsu Batz, Scott Monroe, Jeremy Gates, Henrik Kokutz, Tom Hepp, Bill Schlichting, Joel Grenahead. Sorry, dude, I, I really tried to look it up. You gotta it's tell Joel me. Joel Grenade, you know, Grenade for explosions. <laughs> you gotta tell me in Discord, but I like that. <laughs> and Paragon Games in St. Louis. By the way, we haven't heard of Tom Hepp in forever, like legacy wise. Is Tom secretly going to take, like, does he have, like, a secret account he, that's going to take down each other weekend? He's been playing chess. That's what he's been doing. And probably crushing at it. But he probably he, is. Maybe he'll come like, back it, for Eternal Weekend. Everyone's awaiting his uh, his return. Can you make 2020s in chess? Mm. I mean, I, I mean, the queen is pretty much a 2020, right? Yeah, the queen's the Marilyn. <laughs> the witch. Awesome. So, everybody, have a good time. Have a good morning, evening, afternoon, wherever you are in the world. See you again next time. Bye-bye. By the way, do you know what the card Boompile does? Isn't, isn't that a deck? It, it, no, it's a card. <laughs> Boompile. It sounds like a deck, but what, is, what does it do? Oh, you don't even know. Okay, never mind. We'll finish the podcast there. I'm leaving. Goodbye, everyone. <laughs> See you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>